Institute for Race Relations says the draft mining charter may not be the key to overcome inequality. Uh, for more on this now, we're joined on the line by the head of uh, policy research at the Institute of Race Relations, Dr. Anthea Jeffrey. Dr. Anthea, good to be talking to you. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you and all your listeners. All right. Am, am, am I not misquoting you when, when I suggest that you, you are saying perhaps the, the, the draft mining charter should be scrapped and be replaced by a more practical and effective measures to empower the disadvantaged? Yes, indeed. No, How so? Me. Well, I think it's absolutely vital that we should expand opportunities for the disadvantaged. But we can't do that while we have growth at 0% of GDP, while we have unemployment at the rate of 36% on the expanded definition for the general population and at 67% among the youth, and while we have one of the worst education systems in the world, despite the fact that we spend so much money on it, about 6% of GDP, and also I don't think we can expand opportunities in mining, so long as we concentrate on policies that are very damaging to confidence and to investment, and which also benefit roughly 10 to 15% of black South Africans by bypassing or even harming the remainder. So we believe that there's a much better way that we could set about expanding opportunities in mining Mm. and that we need a different approach and a different kind of scorecard if we're going to achieve that. Before we come to what would work, in your view, uh, the, the, the mining charter, doesn't it put uh, prioritize those who are disadvantaged uh, before? And, and it is not the way to, to remedy the situation, really, to redress uh, you know, all the challenges that we have right now by empowering those who were not empowered by the, the, the previous regime. The trouble, I think, with all BEE interventions, including those in mining, is that they do have such a very limited ambit. They benefit very few. Uh, We did a field survey on this towards the end of last year, and and we asked people whether they themselves had ever personally benefited from a BEE ownership deal, whether in mining or elsewhere, or from BEE preferential tenders and the like. And it was roughly 11% of black South Africans who said they personally had benefited and the remainder had not. And if you think about it, of course it makes sense because given the the millions of people who are unemployed who are still living in relative poverty, they have so little chance of participating in an ownership deal. The benefit of that is going to go primarily to the politically connected. Equally, they have very little chance of taking part in in, of being appointed to a, a management post. Um, again, because so many people are unemployed, because our schooling has been so bad that it's very difficult. Who, who and should... also because the ambit is, again, too limited. There are a limited number of management posts that can be made available to the disadvantaged. Mm. Who should, so who should police on. that, uh, 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 Dr. Envia, then to make sure that uh, you know, the majority of the disadvantaged then benefit? I mean, uh, the, the unions are, are, are party to, to, to this uh, draft bill, and uh, they should in essence, perhaps be part of uh, ensuring that uh, there are share schemes in the mines, uh, you know, and, and, and the, the mining charter emphasizes that. Then if you suggest that it should be done away with, uh, aren't, you, aren't you then contradicting the very point that you're raising that uh, it should uh, advantages, uh, you know, the, 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 the majority? No, if I can explain, I'm, I'm not contradicting that. Um, I think there is a role for employee share schemes. According to the draft charter, 5% of uh, 
mining deal would have to be set aside for employees. But that's actually a, a small proportion. And again, those who are employed are relatively well off compared to those who are unemployed. Um, but what we're saying is, is that we, we've tried the, the BEE redistribution route for more than a decade now. And our economy is not thriving. And the great majority of people are not managing to get ahead. But if we were to put the focus on economic growth instead and also on measures that will really lift the barriers which currently keep so many people out of the economy, um, then we can do real things. So let me give some practical examples. Sure. We think that um, we should have a different mining scorecard in which the mines, which are absolutely vital to the economy of the country, get points for attracting investment from abroad into South Africa, which we urgently need, that they would get points for maintaining employment and even more for expanding it, that they should get points for contributing to export revenues and so helping to maintain the value of the rand, um, and that they should also get help for contributing to tax revenues, which of course is what the government needs if it's to provide education and healthcare and a whole number of other things that everybody needs. But we also think that it should be more than that to reach down into the population at large. And we believe that we would do far better if we shifted to a, a focus on vouchers of various kinds. If we take schooling, for instance, we know from, from the government itself that about 80% of our public schools are dysfunctional, that they're not equipping people with the skills that they need, that even when people come out with matric very often, they, they're not well equipped to go on to university or into the workplace. And we're saying, well, the government must obviously keep funding schooling, but it doesn't necessarily have to provide it. And some of the dysfunctional schools could be sold off to NGOs or businesses and the like, and every parent could be given a voucher which would enable him or her to decide what school he wants to send his children to. There would be a real choice available to the poor that at the present is confined to the middle class. And schools would have to compete for the custom of voucher-bearing parents. Sure. So they'd have a real incentive to and the role And the role of the and mining, the mining houses industry, then in achieving all that that you're highlighting, what would be the role of the mining houses then? Well, apart from adding to growth in the economy, which is vital, and jobs, which is vital, and the other economic things I've talked about, we think that the mine should top up education vouchers for the benefit in particular of people living in mining communities, perhaps also for their own employees so as to give them a greater benefit than is generally available, and that that kind of intervention would help more. Okay. And in the same way, we could have health vouchers that would make it possible for people to afford to buy medical aid or medical insurance. So, And again, you'd have a, a vast flowering of competition within the private sector to try and meet the, the needs of, of these voucher-empowered consumers. Okay. And in housing, we could do the same thing with, again, the mines topping up the vouchers for housing so that people can go out tomorrow and start improving their, their own housing conditions. We got you. Dr. Anthea Jeffrey, thank you very much.